I take walks. I do thought walks every single day. It feeds the soul, but it also feeds the mind. And uh, sometimes uh, by trying to think on the problem all the time, you're actually getting further away from the solution. Whereas if you just take a walk, um, you notice something in nature and it, it sparks the idea you've been looking for. So that's really, uh, it's fed my soul. It's, it's helped me on getting my steps in every day. Uh, but it's, that's probably the, the most productive thing I do every single day are my thought walks. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And if you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now today we have another great guest on the podcast, Daniel Brazel. Is that close? Danny Brazel. Brazel. No worries. <laughs> All right, Brussel. I was saying Brazzles. Brussel sounds better. So, um, but as a quick introduction to Daniel, so um, he got a bachelor's from I think American University in uh, sociology and print journalism, and he can correct me where I'm wrong. And also got a, a master's in uh, multicultural ed um, from Cal State. Um, got a PhD as well. So got I, you may you may have got as many degrees or more education than I did, which is a is a, a pretty good feat. But then uh, started out in uh, journalism, and uh, then a friend mentioned to him that uh, educators make more money from jur- than journalists do, and that's either a sad state of affairs for journalists or your friend didn't know how much educators made. But uh, decided to go into education, did that for thirty years, taught in public school, did some tutoring, was a professor, did some research, wrote some books, and then uh, met a guy to mastermind that was kind of the exact opposite of him and was uh it was a guy that was uh, highly successful in real estate and uh got got into a bit of uh uh helped uh, with some business and uh, consulting and then gathered uh got together and uh, decided to start a business kind of around uh, reading habits and uh, founded readinghabits.com and been kind of uh, transitioning and doing that ever since so with that much as an introduction welcome on the podcast daniel thanks so much Devin. i appreciate it and call me danny all right. I, you never know. It's kind of like when you get a, a David versus a Dave or a daddy versus a Daniel and all of those variations. I'm like, I never know which one. I, so I never know which one to go by. So I'll call you Danny now. I'm, I'm only Daniel when I'm being reprimanded. So. Right, fair enough. So, and hopefully that's not too often. So we'll uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast. So I gave kind of a brief introduction, but take us back a bit in time, kind of when you were getting your bachelor's at American University and how that kind of all uh, started to play out for you. Well, thank you, Devin. I mean, that was kind of a fluke as well. Uh, I, I really put all my marbles into the basket. There was a, a university I wanted to attend. I really wanted to go to Yale. And I uh, I had the grades. I had all the activities. I was an all-state football player. I, I had great recommendations, had the test scores. And I got my rejection letter on a Tuesday afternoon from Yale and literally, I went alphabetically down a list and looked for the very first university without a football team. And that's how I found American. And it turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life. Um, I had a great time there. Um, it allowed me, it afforded me the opportunity. I got to work on Capitol Hill for a congressman. Uh, I got to work at a homeless shelter. And then I, I started working um, uh, for um, as a journalist, which I loved. I got to cover President Bush Sr. in the 92 election. Um, and then... Um, I had my pick of any newspaper and uh, I had a great offer from a major newspaper that was going to pay me $16,500 a year for the city beat. 
And then a friend of mine, like you said, told me there was a teaching position in in uh, inner city Los Angeles for $25,200 a year. So I, I became a teacher for the noblest of reasons for the high pay. <laughs> well, that is typically not the, there's a lot of great reasons and a lot of teachers are awesome. It's typically not for the high pay. So I guess everything is relative. And if you're not making as much as for journalism, you, maybe a, a teachers are a high pay. <laughs> yeah I mean it's actually I mean it was probably a good move because over the last 30 years a lot of people don't know this is uh the the number of of journalists laid off is uh about the equivalent of the population of Orlando Florida and it's a very dangerous thing I tell people is uh you know Thomas Jefferson was a big believer in uh, a free press over democracy and it's uh I I always tell people there's really no such thing as fake news. There's people that depend on one news source. Uh, The more journalists, the better. You need people being held accountable. So no, and I, and I definitely agree. And I think that, you know, there's the better, the more news you have and the, the, you know, removing, and it's always, I think one of the fallacies and get me off on a total side note is, you know, to try and completely renew, remove biases or remove, you know, personal inputs or personal thoughts from news is it's nearly, if not impossible, but to definitely have the different uh, sources of opinion, different, you know, ideas and different reporting and everything else definitely adds to the, the freedom and democracy. And I think adds to, um, you know, a lively debate and everything else. And so now you did that. So you went into journalism and you did that for a period of time. And then you decided, okay, I'm going to go make the big bucks as a teacher. So you did that for a period of time and you did that for, I think it was 30 years. Is that right? Yeah. I've taught as a, uh, you know, I've taught all grade levels. I tell people from preschoolers all the way up to rocket scientists, because I can make that claim. Uh, I taught several years English as a second language to engineering students at the university of Southern California so I was a I was a professor. I've been an administrator, and then um, um, you know, my wife and I in in 2005 attended a, a a real estate seminar, which turned out to be a scam, and we lost everything. Um, and I looked at it as one of the best things ever to happen to me because I always focus on the positives, and it brought my wife and I closer together. Um, I became a Christian, which I always feel uh, humbled about, but the more I read the Bible, the more I realize I'm not, I'm not the first screw up to find Jesus. Um, I, I used to be tight with money and no longer, I'm, I'm no longer tight with money. Cause I realized money is just a tool. It's not, a, it's not a, it's not an end. Um, I, um, the, I, the big thing though was, well, probably another big thing was I, I try not to judge other people now, because I, if I was somebody looking at what I tried to do, I'd say, oh, well, you you deserve that. But now I realize if you don't know everything about a person, you really don't know anything about a person. But the big mm-hmm. thing was uh, in order to avoid filing for bankruptcy, which I, I wound up having to many, many years later, uh, I really didn't want to. But uh, uh, in order to avoid it for many years, um, I asked my uh, accountant, I'm like, well, how do I avoid this? He's like, well, you have to make this much more money this year. And mm-hmm. so I started speaking on the side and that year I hit exactly the number he gave me. Well, Devin, the next year he gave me a much higher number and I hit that number exactly on the number. And so the mm-hmm. third year I thought, well, maybe I should set a higher number. And so really during one of the worst uh, de- one of the worst economic downturns in American history, I actually built up a speaking business, which was great. And it, it was it afforded me the opportunity to participate in masterminds and coaching with lots of different people. And that's how I met my, my business partner, Nestor Santia, who's somebody I just completely admire. He's uh, the great American success story, came here from Argentina, didn't speak a word of English, didn't have a dime, uh, made his fortune in real estate. And the guy has 
taken every single personal development course on the planet. And uh, about five years ago, um, he didn't like my coach. He said, this guy is full of it, but you, I like you. And uh, he's exact opposite of me. Every other word out of his mouth is an F-bomb. He's hard nose, but uh, we complement one another. And so we created a company which is now the world's leading reading engagement program. And it's uh, hopefully... I, I, we we expect really big things here in 2021. So uh, we'll see. Mm. So now, so you got, so you were doing or walking or keeping be on track. You were doing teaching education for a while. And then you're saying, okay, to avoid bankruptcy and, and you enjoyed it. And I'm sure that wasn't the only reason I'm going to now get into speak, public speaking and engagement and do other things as a way to supplement the income, get it up to that thing. And you continue to grow it. Now you got in and then you were masterminds. You met up with now your business partner. And if I remember right, and correct me if I'm wrong, he, that was into, um, or what was he doing, I guess, at the time? So was he already into reading habits or how did you guys kind of make yeah, so the leap to yeah, get so into that my, Yeah, Nestor, my business partner, has no background whatsoever in education and uh, he can drive me crazy because he has uh, teams all around the world, uh, like in Venezuela, Costa Rica, India. And so he's constantly doing marketing for me. And a lot of these people, English isn't their first language. And I'm a person that... Uh, between my, my education and my journalism background, I can't stand typos and they're, <laughs> I, I sound like I'm speaking broken English a lot of the times. But the thing is, Devin, he gets stuff done. Most people never get anything done. And uh, I, I adore Nestor for that just because I've never seen a person, I never knew a person could actually work harder than me, but he really does work harder. And uh, he, he, the universe rewards speed. You'll never beat him. So now one question uh, kind of follow up on that. So how did you, so you guys, you know, kind of made or made connection with the mastermind thought, you know, you guys have kind of good synergy, you complement each other's weaknesses and do that. Now, how did you get together to form a business and how did you actually figure out what that was going to be and get that kicked off? So that's a great question, Devin. So we did it like everybody else did. We were at a Mexican restaurant having margaritas one day and uh, we were talking about uh, he had, he had some friends that were in teaching and I had assisted them. And he's like, wow, you're really good at that. And um, mm -hmm. I was training some people on, uh, I, I had worked with about uh, several thousand volunteers on how to work with kids on reading. And I told him, uh, well, you know, um, I would love to do something on reading. And then I kind of just offhandedly said, you know, one of my pet peeves about, uh, about a lot of personal development people is they'll tell you it takes 21 days to change a habit. And to those mm. people, I say, show me the research. I actually know exactly where that number comes from. It's from a wonderful book written in 1960 called mm. Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, who was a plastic surgeon. And in the preface of the book, he said he noticed it took most of his patients about 21 days to get used to their new faces. Well, a lot of self-help gurus, people that I actually respect and admire, by the way, they started telling people it takes 21 days to change a habit. Well, there was research done in 2009 at uh, uh, University of London on habit formation. And they found it took anywhere from 18 to 254 days to change a habit. And the average was 66 days. Well, I don't like the number 66. So I threw in a bonus day. And so we create a program that lasts 67 days. Um, and I'll tell you why that cushion that way, if you're just not quite average, you can have exactly it. well, and it's, I'll, I'll tell you why it's important, Devin, because let's say you're trying to lose weight. And so you follow a diet religiously for 21 days. But on mm. day 22, you fall off the wagon. Well, you blame yourself where mm. that's completely false. Research shows it takes you three times on average that amount of time 
And the research also said it, it was also based on the habit. So like if you want to uh, drink a glass of water before breakfast, it might take 18 days to make that into a habit. But if you want to quit mm. smoking, it's going to take you 254 days. And I think mm. it's really important for people to understand that because uh, the expectations for a lot of people are ridiculous. I, I, I think it's important. I, I'm a big dreamer, but I also believe in having a plan. And so that's what I when we created the program, I wanted to show parents and teachers a practical plan to get their kids, you know, I find that there's tons of reading programs on on the market. And I I think schools do a decent job of teaching kids how to read. But the question I always ask people is, what good is it to teach a kid how to read if they never want to read? I Mm. teach kids why to read because I've never had to tell a kid, go watch TV. I've never had to tell a kid, go play a video game. And I never want to have to tell a kid, go read a book. I want them to choose to do it on their own. Mm. So no, and I definitely think that that makes perfect sense. And, you know, I think it's interesting kind of bring up and I never knew how that, you know, how the 21 days you hear it all the time as to how you create a habit, you know, how long it takes to create a habit. And that's interesting, but to hear a bit of the studies behind that. So now you guys kind of have the, the, the kernels of the business, you guys, you know, go to the Mexican, Mexican restaurant, you have the ideas, you hash it out. Now, how did you kind of get to forming the business or how did you get that founded going? How's it gone? You know, has it gone been successful? It took off when you guys got together and it's been a hockey stick ever since it's been ups and downs or kind of, how did that go for you? Yeah, it definitely did not take off Devin in which I, I, after listening to all your podcasts, it seems to be a common theme with people. <laughs> uh, you, you have to put in the work. Um, I, I, I was very blessed. We're, my partner and I were kind of like those old uh, uh, Reese's peanut butter com- cup commercials where they're like, oh, how were Reese's peanut butter cups invented? And one guy's walking down the street eating a chocolate bar and this woman's eating peanut butter out of a, out of a jar and they, they, they collide and, the, and you form the peanut butter cup. Um, my background is education, writing and, and speaking. And so I was very comfortable with creating content and being the face of the organization. Nestor mm. is much more in organizational and he's also the guy with the money. And so while I put in probably about $10,000 into the company, he's probably put in about a half a million dollars into the company. He, he was your high roller that put a lot more uh, mm. money on this bet. Uh, he's very good at forming teams. And so we have like our social media team is in Venezuela. Uh, the people that do our websites uh, are in um, Costa Rica. We have uh, now a sales team that's in India. And Nestor is really good about uh, training those people. Um, we originally thought that we were going, my original idea was um, at the time, uh, President Trump had just been elected, and it, it seemed to me that there was going to be a, a higher demand for homeschooling. Uh, and so I said, well, why don't we create this program for homeschooling parents so they have a way of getting their kids interested in reading? Mm-hmm. And right as we were about to launch for the American market, um, we found an opportunity in India and so I went, we basically went to India for a couple of months and I, I traveled all over. I was basically speaking at three to four schools a day. It, it's unbelievable, Devin, uh, how many people are in India. And, and uh, we were learning all kinds of new systems and uh, having to reprice our product based on, uh, you know, I, the product was, was a more expensive product in America and we couldn't offer it at the same price in India but I couldn't figure out how we were going to uh, make the money until uh, uh, a friend, I went into the McDo- McDonald's once in Chennai and the value meal in Chennai was only 80 cents. 
And I'm like, wow, this same meal in America would be $8. How do you make any money selling it for 80 cents? He's like, well, we sell a billion of them a day. <laughs> and that was interesting when I heard that. I'm like, oh, wow, it's volume here. And uh, so when we were talking to education ministers and everything, we're like, okay, how can we get the most kids in the program and affect everybody positively while also having a sustainable uh, income from it? And so we, we started doing that. And then uh, I was named a, uh, I'm a visiting distinguished professor at the American University in Cairo. And so then we took the company to Egypt and um, I, it, it's, un, it's unbelievable to me, Devin, probably one of our best markets is the Arabic speaking market. Um, I speak at a lot of Islamic schools. Uh, I think I just figured out a great way uh, to work with. Uh, I, I was speaking. It, this was very humbling, Devin. I was at a school, an Islamic school at two in the afternoon. 400 parents showed up for my training. And it was almost like the, the Muslim Brotherhood. All the guys had the long beards and all the women were in burqas. And we were talking like you and I are talking right now. And I thought, wow, shame on me. I had made a lot of assumptions uh, and it was really great for me. And, and the way I, I presented it to them, I said, well, I, I read this book called uh, The Koran. Have any of you ever read The Koran? And they all laughed. And I said, oh, well, then you know the story of when the Archangel Gabriel appears to Muhammad in the cave. What's his first instruction of Muhammad? Because in Islam, the first pillar of Islam is to read. And so I told the parents, so not only should we get your kids reading, it's actually written in your holiest text that it's your duty. And hmm. everybody started nodding. And I'm like, my goodness, this is like a perfect audience. And so it just took off. Uh, uh, and that's really what I kind of tell people is probably here I am a speaker and a writer, but what serves me the best is listening and hmm. finding out, you know, a lot of people say, if you build it, they will come. That's totally wrong. I think if they want it, then you build it. And our our product has gone through all kinds of different generations based on feedback from what people want. So that's a very long answer to a very short question. <laughs> no, hey, all of the short questions always get the best answers. So that's great. So now kind of, so that kind of brings us up a bit to where you guys are at today. Now kind of looking a bit into the future, kind of taking the next six to 12 months, kind of where do you see things headed? You know, is COVID... I, and don't always want to talk about COVID because I think people are tired of hearing about COVID, but you know, whether or not it's COVID, whether or not it's just building the business, whether or not it's gauging in an international, but kind of what does it six, uh, you know, next six to 12 months look like for you guys? Yeah. So I, I, we just signed a contract with a large company. I'm not at liberty to, to reveal them, but it's, it's a, it's a businessman that I have a lot of respect for because he's in it for making a difference. And he and I, both believe in why are we focusing on America and Europe when we can focus on Africa, India, Pakistan, and Indonesia, which between them have more than half the world's population. And so uh, over the next six to 12 months, I think we're going to reach over 3 billion people in the world with our program and help a lot of families. Uh, mm. I, I look at it as uh you know, in one of my presentations, uh, President Kennedy had, had pointed out to people that in uh, in Mandarin, the symbol for the word crisis is actually two characters. One means danger. The other one means opportunity. And while there's all kinds of horrible things happening on the planet, entrepreneurs are always paying attention to, well, how can I make this work for me? And while my speaking business collapsed in the last year since they took away public events, my online reading program is shooting up now that there's millions of parents involuntarily homeschooling their kids around the world. So uh, to, there have to be valleys before you get to the peaks. And uh, it looks like we're going to be hopefully experiencing a lot of peaks here in 2021. 
Well, that's awesome. And that's definitely exciting to have those deals in the works and um, definitely hope, I know, hope they, they work out and they're in a wild success for you guys. So, well, as we now start to wrap towards the, towards the end of the podcast, I always have two questions I like to hit on. So we'll, we'll hit on those now. So the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? I think one of the worst business decisions I ever made was thinking I knew everything. And uh, I, I think probably the most important thing is everybody needs a coach and everybody needs somebody to encourage them. You can't do it uh, mm-hmm. on your own. I think a lot of people try to be solopreneurs, but uh, even if if your mentors are just like, I, I get a lot of it out of just listening to your podcast, Evan, just listening to other people's trials and triumphs. Um, I think that's really important. And so my biggest mistake was uh, thinking I knew it all. Uh, and uh, I think of that quote by UCLA basketball coach, John Wooden, he said, it's the things you learn after you know it all that matter the most. And he's right about that. <laughs> no, and I definitely, and I think that, you know, take any entrepreneur, and it probably almost by in, in, inherently, you think you know more than everybody else, because if you didn't, you would never get into business. If you didn't think you knew better than what others were doing and how they're doing it and you couldn't do it better, you would never get into that. And yet by the same definition, you don't know everything and you may be expert or, you know, very smart in given areas, but you're never going to know it all. And so I think finding, learning those things that you don't know, and then either coming up to speed on them, or a lot of times you find those other people that compliment you kind of like you did with your business partner and say, okay, I can't be an expert in everything, nor can I do everything. And finding those, hey, I'm always going to be learning. I'm always going to be figuring out that I don't know a lot of things. And I'm also going to be bringing people around me that do are expert in those areas makes for a great combination. I completely agree, Devin. So now we're going to jump to my second question, which is if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, Take walks. I do thought walks every single day. It feeds the soul, but it also feeds the mind. And uh, sometimes uh, by trying to think on the problem all the time, you're actually getting further away from the solution. Whereas if you just take a walk, um, you notice something in nature and it it, it sparks the idea you've been looking for. So that's really, uh, it's fed my soul. It's it's helped me on getting my steps in every day. Uh, But it's, that's probably the, the most productive thing I do every single day are my thought walks. No, and I love that because, you know, one of the things, and everybody at the office tends to joke, or at least the marketing people, because I always come to them in the mornings or usually to the morning and say, I've got a great idea. Now let's go implement it. And it's like, and it usually starts out with, I was listening to a podcast as I was out for a run today. And this one, you know, this thing hit me. And half the time, it's really nothing to do with the podcast that I'm listening to. It's just, it gives me an opportunity to think and to decompress Mm -hmm. and to kind of let my mind wander to areas that I otherwise, when I'm so busy, it doesn't have time or time to wander or I catch a little nugget of something that's really not related to what I'm thinking about, but kind of sparks the idea. So I love the idea of walks or getting out or having a time to decompress and just kind of letting your mind wander to those areas that it normally doesn't get when you have a busy day. Cause I think that that can have a great impact on kind of letting, letting you, letting your mind decompress so you can focus on the things that you don't often get to. So, um, well, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to connect up with you, they want to find out more about, you know, your business and what you guys are doing, they want to be a customer, a client, they want to be an investor, they want to be an employee, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to, what's the best way to reach out or find out more? Well, I, I always want to serve. And so I wanted to give all of your audiences a thank you for listening. Uh, uh, if they go to freereadingtraining.com, they'll get three goodies. First of all, everybody will get a copy of my book, Read, Lead, and Succeed, which is a book. I wrote it for a school principal who was looking for a way to engage his faculty. So I said, okay, I'll write you a book. And so every week I give you a concept, an inspirational quote, 
an inspirational story, a book recommendation on a book you should read, but you're probably too lazy because you're an adult. So I also give you a children's picture book recommendation that demonstrates the same concept. And then I'll also throw in uh, a couple of digital trainings of uh, some of the tricks I, I train parents uh, to use with their kids to get them excited about reading. And, and really, most parents comment to me as they go through the program, they're like, wow, I I never knew how much fun reading could actually be. And, and I, I really should uh, ha instigate a study of uh, if I can actually improve the, the parents' reading levels at the same time as, as the kids, because I, I really think that's the way you do it. So that uh, freereadingtraining.com for everybody, Devin. I, I really appreciate uh, all that you do, because uh, even earlier today, I was actually on my thought walk and I was listening to your podcast. And uh, just like you said, sometimes you'll be talking about something that has nothing to do with what I'm thinking about, but it triggers a different thought, which is important. No, and I, I definitely encourage everybody to reach out. I, I'm a big proponent of reading. I usually like two ways to, to decompress or to think or to learn. And one is podcast and the other is reading. And I think both are have two different ways that can kind of help to trigger and kind of learn different ways. And I definitely think people should check you out and, uh, and get connected. So well, as we wrap up, appreciate you coming on. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Also, as a listener, two additional things. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so new people can find out about us. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else, reach out to us at Miller IP Law by going to strategymeeting.com. Well, thank you again, Danny. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure and I wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you, Devin. Thanks for all you do. God bless. <laughs>